And the time now is 3.30, listening to KPFA. Stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadow out of this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw today is May the 25th 2004 and the emperor is buck naked, and Michael Moore has got him on film. He won, Michael Moore won the Palm d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. Culture Wars, yes, we won this battle. Um, his documentary film, Fahrenheit 9-11, uh, illustrates the ties between Saudi Arabia and these Bush boys, um, it's all about the administration's catastrophic agenda. You know, Petroleum Pals International. Now, you've heard some of it, but lots of Americans have not. Uh, Michael Moore was floored by this win. There was a, a half-hour um, show on um, uh, International Film Channel, uh, Independent Film Channel, I guess it was, um, and they showed him sitting like a, a uh, you know, sleepy mountain in his chair. He did really uh, look startled. It's not the French giving it to him, as the uh, right wing would have it. Uh, it's an international jury. Most people do know that. Uh, this year, there were more Americans than any other single group, um, any other uh, country. And, of course, this year... Uh, Quentin Tarantino was the foreman of the jury. I, I spied Kathleen Turner up there. Um, some of the critics, of course, dismiss this as just politics. Oh, if, if that isn't perfect, what isn't politics? Bertolt Brecht told us that art is a hammer with which to shape society. Tell me about it. We all know by now that politics itself... Is a kind of theater, uh, mostly it seems to me like primate posturing. I was watching those silverbacks beating their chests to scare each other into backing down, you know. Or they're out there grooming each other the way they did these past weeks during the Senate hearings, stroking each other and saying how loyal and steadfast they are and what good team players all that BS and what swell public servants they all are. No, yes. If you ask me, they're the sort of servants who break all the china, lose all the silver, and blame it all on the children. Anyway, these guys are so arrogant. They don't even keep track of their messes. Uh, God forbid we should count the dead. 
Ah, yes, we learned the dangers of the body count back in Vietnam. Uh, these guys are entrenched behind their wall of denial. They look at the facts only on a need-to-know basis, yes. <laughs> yes they, they remind me of those kings that ruled by divine right. You know, they expect their underlings to protect them from the truth. Did you hear George Bush say, well, after he saw those pictures of criminal abuse in the prisons, he said, quote, the America you see in those pictures does not exist. Right. <laughs> We're not like that. We're the good guys. Perception is the reality. If there's one thing I have learned in life, it is that if you are sitting naked on top of a flagpole, nobody can say you're not the type. Facts are facts, yes. I was talking about fact-free fascism the other day, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't get away with it. What you see is what you get, of course. That is, until the spin is in. Uh, Michael Moore's film is intended to confront this administration's denial mechanisms. Let's hope it reaches a wide audience. The Disney Corporation refused to distribute it, saying that it was too controversial to be seen during an election year. My goodness. The villain there is a guy called Michael Eisner. Uh, I doubt if this award, the Palme d'Or from Cannes, will change their minds. But surely um, Fahrenheit 9-11 will find a distributor. Uh, I'm sure it will be seen. There's no question. When Michael Moore was on the stage, uh, well, he laughed and said last time he was on an award stage, uh, all hell broke loose. But he did mention that a distributor in Albania has made him an offer. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, arrangements will be made. It will happen. And the DVD should be out by October, just before the election. The people have spoken. Yes, maybe we get a landslide. Mm -hmm. Get the Democratic team a better bet, folks. You know, I uh, am so tired of all my friends telling me what's wrong with the Democratic Party as if we didn't know. Perfection is not something you ever find in politics. The demand for perfection can sometimes be the enemy of the good. Uh, one step at a time, folks. One step at a time. Michael Moore is part of an artistic community that is mobilizing. He... Uh, uh, off stage later, he said, well, you know, when he goes home, when he's back in America, the uh, right wing is going to come at him with everything they've got. Uh, oh, dear, let us not let us not think about that. I hope that Michael Moore is safe. Um, in any case, he's done his job. We all know that it's always about liberation. That's what art is for, to liberate the human spirit. Uh Decent art is always morally stunning, whether it's Michelangelo's Pietà or Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace, you know. It's always all about the human condition. A few critics will tell you that art is above politics. Uh, <laughs> you know the type. Aesthetic distance, yes. That's always a ruling class plot, folks. Um, 
Of course, art is beyond, beyond, way beyond morality, but it's never above it. The plays of Euripides were all about human rights. Yes, indeed. More about Euripides and the Greek dramatists and Troy and a lot of other movies, but I've got to save that for another time because today I've got to start pushing. I've got here two premiums. We are in a marathon fundraiser. Something that I never do too well, but I'm going to try, and you're going to help me. I hope you're going to help me out. I got a double premium today, and I'm told that the way I have to do this is offer you one one premium for $60 and two premiums for $100. Now, these are the premiums. There's a book by Alice Randall called Pushkin and the Queen of Spades. And I'm going to read you some excerpts because <laughs> it's delightful, yes, by the woman who wrote uh, The Wind Done Gone, you know, that book about Scarlett O'Hara. Anyway, and the second premium is a couple of tickets for a show tonight at Ashkenaz. I will be there. Let's see. David Harris will be there. we got four pairs of tickets. And for that, you got to have a credit card number. Sorry. Tickets are $10 a piece, so you would get a $20 pair of tickets. And uh, then, you know, you would also, let's see, if you give us $100, you can also get the book. Now, let me see. Let me tell you, first of all, um, the, uh, yeah, the event tonight. Let's start with that, because that's going to happen right away. The book. I will read you bits in a minute. Now, at Ashkenaz, you know, that's that wonderful place down on San Pablo. Um, oh, I love Ashkenaz. Uh, it's called the Infotainment Posse. And uh, we've got David Harris. You remember, he's a leading figure in the anti-Vietnam War movement, founded the draft resistance movement, spent 20 months in prison for refusing military Service And, of course, the footnote here, I remember him most vividly as um, the husband of Joan Baez in those years. Uh, anyway, he's a journalist and author, contributing editor, Rolling Stone, New York Times Magazine. He's got nine books on national and international issues. Uh, and I've been hearing him on the radio a lot lately. Um, he's really on the cutting edge. Uh, he speaks in opposition to our... <laughs> Our military adventures and imperial hubris, yes. Tell me about it, David. Um, now, we've also got some uh, fun people. We've got music people and we've got comedians. Meryl Kessler with Joshua Brody. Seen most recently, extended run of original show Broke at the Marsh in San Francisco. Maybe you caught that one. Merle is an original member of the Duck's Breath Mystery Theater, known for his biting rapid-fire social commentaries. <laughs> He's on NPR's All Things Considered sometimes. Merle can be heard weekly on KQED. His commentaries air once a week um, on ABC's Overnight News Program. Uh, musical support for... Yeah, Joshua Brody has provided musical support for countless Bay Area theater groups. Um... Oh, boy, we have all kinds of musicians here. I'll go down the list for you. Uh, then there's me. I get five minutes. Oh, maybe seven minutes. Um, and uh, 
they quote nice things said about me in um, uh, in these times and some other things. Yes, and they give you a list of my my um, books and other um, other attributes. Oh dear, I would have put yes, publicist for the revolution. That's my favorite uh, tag. Anyway, next on the agenda is the Gorilla News Network. News videos are mini documentaries. They combine high impact imagery and track from tracks from top recording artists. Okay, um, all the issues underexposed by the big media outlets. GNN's that is Gorilla News Network's aftermath unanswered questions from 9/11 will screen before the program starts at 7.45 p.m. So, if you get to Ashkenaz, oh, any time after 7 is good. The show starts at 8. Um, and Gorilla News Network has a website, www.gnn.tv. GNN, Gorilla News Network.tv. Okay, musical guest Michael Ward with Dogs and Fishes. Blending folk, funk, and a political sensibility. Techno event favorite. Oh, and we've got an opera singer, Caroluna. And uh, let's see. Infotainment Posse. $10 at the door. Uh, doors open at 7.45, showtime, 8 p.m. Now, Ashkenaz, as all of you locals know, is down on San Pablo Avenue, 1317. I'm trying to remember the cross street. Gilman, not too far from Gilman and San Pablo. Ashkenaz, 1317 San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. And if you call now, right now, to KPFA, to our phone number, 1-800-HEY-KPFA, you can get tickets, two tickets to this goodie, uh, for a regular membership of $60, a regular pledge. And or you can throw in the book that I'm going to tell you about, and that's a $100 pledge. Um, let me put that aside for now. Susan Stone's going to come in here and help me do what I call the hard sell. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one, folks. Let me tell you about Alice Randall's book. And make a note in case you're going to call later because... uh I've got a list here of Alice Randall's readings in the Bay Area. Her book is called Pushkin and the Queen of Spades, and I'll explain that title in a minute. Uh, she's going to be at Cody's tomorrow night, May 26, 730. <laughs> Cody's, and I don't know. It does not say whether it's Cody's at 4th Street or Cody's on uh, Telegraph. So you're going to have to call up about that. No, wait a minute. Here it is. I'm looking on the next page. Yes, it's the Cody's Bookstore on Telegraph Avenue. That's an easier access for most of us. Um, Cody's Bookstore on Telegraph. Tomorrow night, May 26 at 7.30. Books, Inc., Chestnut Street, San Francisco. May 27th at 7.30. Two readings, one in Berkeley and one in San Francisco. And... Uh, I'm going to have an interview with her next, uh, this week, and we'll get that on the air soon. I want to talk to her in person. Alice Randall is the author of The Wind Done Gone. (laughs) 
and then this new book. Now, The Wind Done Gone got her on the map. You remember uh, a book called Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. It was a book all about that Irish adventurous Scarlett O'Hara. That book became a blockbuster movie in 1939. Anyway, Alice Randall took offense at the portrayal of black Americans, especially in the film, and so she wrote the parody, The Wind Done Gone. It was all about the mulatto daughter of Scarlett O'Hara's daddy. Now, there were lawsuits and a great deal of brouhaha. And now Alice Randall has set about writing another novel. This one, I think, um, very liberating and certainly more personal. Uh, for this book, she got the Free Spirit Award. And um, let me let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh, well, it's about her son. His name is Pushkin, and of course, Pushkin was also the Black Russian writer. Let me read you a little uh, a little blurb um, from Publishers Weekly. Alice Randall made a big splash and got into legal hot water with her first novel, The Wind Done Gone, the parody of Margaret Mitchell's classic Civil War saga. Her second is nearly as provocative. It chronicles the tribulations of an African-American professor of Russian literature whose pro-football player's son plans to marry a Russian lap dancer. <laughs> the main character, Windsor Armstrong was raped by her mother's white boss just before she went off to Harvard. She named her child uh, Pushkin X and went on to get her degree, raising her son almost single-handedly. Twenty-five years later, she is a tenured professor trying to adjust to the idea that Pushkin, her son, might marry this white stripper called Tanya. That's the Russian girl. Windsor retraces uh, her difficult history. That's the central character. She finds out how things ended up this way, reminisces about her Detroit childhood, her glamorous gangster father, her self-centered mother, the mother who took her away from her father and moved to Washington, D.C., um, and a more privileged life. The novel begins brilliantly in high satiric mode with intelligent, unpredictable riffs on Motown versus Washington, D.C., on rape and racism and the difficulty of being a good parent. Her touchstone is the Russian poet Alexander Pushkin, the great-grandson of an African slave. He was presented to Peter the Great as <laughs> a gift. And um, her interest in his complicated history is just one instance of Alice Randall's clever tables-turning musing on black identity. Her self-questioning and her restless search for answers is, uh, you know, what makes this novel uh, fascinating. It ends with a rap version of Pushkin, that is, the author, uh, Alexander Pushkin's unfinished novella, The Negro of Peter the Great. She makes this a wedding gift to her son, yes, and his fiancée. Uh, anyway... The reviews seem to indicate that this woman is more than just uh, a writer of parodies. Uh, I love the bits about Othello. Let me read you, I think I have just about time to read you a few snippets from the, the, the literary stuff. Uh, this is a woman whose, whose son has gone off on his own, but uh, 
Her life is based on the love of literature. It was her way out. Uh, she got hooked first on the Brontes. She writes one book from the young adult section, and I was hooked. I remember vividly the day I picked a volume of Bronte off the shelves. I was intending to begin with A and make my way through the shelves. Something pulled my hand past Alcott and Austin right to Bronte. It's easy to see why black girls love Jane Eyre. Jane works as a servant for other children in the fashion that black slave children worked as servants for other children. She worked as a nanny in the home of a wealthy man, taking care of his child in the fashion that mammies worked in homes taking care of children. Ultimately, Mr. Rochester tries to lure Jane into his bed without benefit of marriage. Rochester can't marry Jane because he's already married to a woman from the Caribbean, the famed mad woman in the attic. Good little boogie black girls all over America have read and reread Jane Eyre. Many experience it as a satisfactory, if incomplete, translation of their grandmother's experiences in Georgia, Alabama, Virginia. Uh, they quicken with me at the possibility that Rochester's wife, albeit crazy and imprisoned in the attic, was a woman of color. The English audience understood that Rochester had been talked into marrying for money a woman with at least one hidden stain on her bloodline, the stain of insanity. And there is inherent in the text a second possible taint, the taint of darkness. The little black girl I was read this quite empathically. I read the possibilities of black beauty. Rochester met beauty in the Caribbean. Uh, now, those of you who are acquainted with um, the great Jean Ray's book, Wide Sargasso Sea, know that Jean Ray's wrote a prequel to Jane Eyre in which we meet um, the wonderful woman Bertha Mason, yes, <laughs> the mulatto uh, mad woman in the attic who represents uh, all of these suppressed qualities uh, both 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 her gender and her race are under the surface I to this day I keep wondering whether Charlotte Bronte knew <laughs> what she was writing about ah uh, uh, let's see Susan do we have time to read a bit about Pushkin do we have it we have a minute or two, because I've come to dance with you, Jennifer, okay. and to bring yes. people to your event tonight. Yes. That's oh, yes. Good. We, we want to do is be, there are people out there who want to know how they can uh, meet you. You know, all this time on the radio, they want to put a face to the name, a oh, face to the voice. That would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, Alice Randall's book. Let's see. I told you. Well, the two you're going to see her. She's coming back. She's to coming the after you talk with her tomorrow when she comes to the station, right? Yeah, she's she'll coming Thursday. A... We're going to make a tape. Okay. We'll have her on the air. Uh, let's see. She'll be at Cody's Thursday. Wait a minute. Wednesday night, 26 May at 7:30. Cody's on Telegraph, and she'll be at Books Inc. in San Francisco, May 27th at 7:30. Uh, what she did with this book, she she uses Alexander Pushkin. Um, as a, uh, what is it, an inspiration. She has her central character name, her son, Pushkin. And uh, uh, this is not autobiographical, as she said. She did not uh, 
go through Harvard as a single mom, but her main character does. She says in the young adult room, uh, she first encountered Pushkin and, uh, uh, she read his unfinished novella, The Negro of Peter the Great. At the back of this book, she's rewritten it as a rap poem. She says, it was a strange beginning. All my reading was a revelation, but this was the most delicious and difficult revelation. On Pushkin's pages, a black man, a man captured from Africa, is in Paris, getting educated and moving in the highest Parisian society. He's also being loved and desired by a woman of the nobility. I felt my own possibilities expanding. <laughs> I began to lust for caviar. Of course, I was heartbroken by the truncated ending. Uh, the African quits France to return to Russia. He determines, after being introduced and encouraged by Tsar Peter, to marry a girl from the nobility. The girl is disgusted by his blackness, but before that, uh, there's the beautiful and rich countess who thought the Negro of Tsar Peter the Great was the most dashing man in all of Paris. My adolescent self was riveted. Jennifer Stone, who would never tell you herself, but who has been described, especially by those with whom she's appearing this evening, as a spell that immediately seduces the intellect and enlivens the emotions, and I think many of you might agree, <laughs> a woman who sustains a culture of resistance and animates its soul. 1-800-439-5732. Join her tonight, along with David Harris, Merle Kessler, and Joshua Brody, the Gorilla, um, Gorilla News Network, Carol Luna, and Michael Ward with Dogs and Fishes at the Infotainment Posse. This is a wonderful get-out-the-vote, and... Um, it's just a great night. It's tonight. It's I know tonight. It's, it's kind of Eight a drag. You know, and uh, call a support right now. You can get tickets. You have four pairs. So please call 1-800-439-5732. We only have two minutes to tell people this. Right. The tickets are, uh, yeah, for the tickets, it's only $60. Ten, yeah. And, and um, you know, you can have both, both tickets uh, and book for a $100 pledge, folks. Uh, and why are we doing it? It's still the fun drive, folks. The spring fun drive here at KPFA. And loving Jennifer as we all do, we want to support the show, not in her direction, and help support the station at the same time. There's a call calling in and two callers in at $60. You get to go tonight to meet her. It's a night of funk and folk and political sensibility and no correctness in the room, correct? I'll get there by 7.30, <laughs> folks, so we have time to talk. 1-800-439-5732. I'm in here to do the dirty business of messing Jennifer's uh, last five minutes up just to uh, no, no, no. get you to the phones. And uh, we really would like to have you join her tonight with this great group. David Harris, many of you knowing him, leading figure in the anti-Vietnam War movement, um, help finding the draft-resistant movement. He's going to have a lot to say tonight about the times we live in. And maybe we'll even do a little uh, debrief on last night's speech mm -hmm. about... Uh, where Bush would like to take us next. <laughs> Ashkenaz is 1317 San Pablo Avenue. Yes, as I keep saying, the emperor is buck naked. Michael Moore has it all on film, but you know, <laughs> I think, you know, we've got him right where he wants us, that Bush man, you know. <laughs> well, he's, I think he's got us where he wants us. Oh, and, what a uh, trick he pulled, yes. The question is, who's going to stop him? You know, maybe David Harris. Well, let's get the children involved. That's what tonight's about. It's really about getting everyone to wake up and get our voter registration in order in this country. Not enough people are voting. And this is one way where this wonderful road show is trying to make that happen. 1-800-439-5732. Hard Knock Radio is up in just a couple of moments. But now's the time to embrace 
Jennifer Stone embrace the cover to cover program you love so well. And uh, she's not going to sing her own song. I'm singing it for her if I can and telling you that uh, as somebody who's worked with her for many years, I, uh, I really appreciate it when people call right now and pledge support to cover to cover. We don't have much time. Not just today, but in general, to bring you the book arts. And Jennifer, when I drop in on your show like this, I feel like I'm messing with a lyrical poem. You know, finding a way in to your great <laughs> commentary. I don't have the adjectives or the words to keep up. Actually, you know, this rap poem by um, uh, Alice Randall is pretty good. I hope maybe I'll have time to read that on another show soon. But it's pages and pages and pages. How many pages? It's good Lord. Um, it's a book in itself. Uh, the Negro of Peter the Great. This is a trip. I have to get a, a, an actor to read this. I get a male actor to read it. It's funny. Uh, anyway, folks, please, please, the phones are not lighting up. We've got one little red light blinking. And Alice Randall, whose book she's been um, talking from again, will be talking to us tomorrow in the KPFA studios, and then we're going to bring her back to Jennifer's show next month, but today's the day we can take home, uh, if we call, 1-800-439-5732. We can take home Pushkin and the Queen of Spades. It's a thank you gift. Do call. Uh, got a minute or two left here while we gear up for... If you live in the... Um, no, yeah. we don't. We're out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time. Thank Till you, next Jennifer. time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. And keep calling, folks. Please keep calling after we're off. By the so divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys, there's your picture, drop the shadow.